0: Hi, this is Dan. And this is Joe. And this is Enough Room. Hello, welcome back. Welcome back,
1: everyone. (laughs) Oh, what a week. What a week it's been. Yes.
0: (laughs) Another crazy week for 2020.
1: Yeah, I can't wait. Actually, no, I shouldn't say that. I was going to say I can't wait for 2020 (laughs) to end. But I think with all of the craziness, you know, whether it's coronavirus or murder hornets or whatever it is that 2020 has brought our way, um, I think it's brought a lot of um, blessings as well. Mm. And I guess we might do a separate episode about that. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I'm... Stay tuned to find out more. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's a really good plug. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I just feel like there's been a lot of blessings that have come mm. with 2020 as well. So yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm happy with I can't say I'm fully happy, but I'm happy with what's happening.
0: (laughs) Well, I think one blessing for us has been this podcast, and this has come out of 2020, so... True, yeah. very true. Hopefully it's been a blessing for you as well. Yes, yes.
1: Um, but let's get back to this message. Actually, mm. this is the last paragraph. Yes, we're finally at the of end. Of the whole message. <laughs> I know. It took us how many episodes again oh, to get to this stage? many. I think it's been eight <laughs> episodes now. Um, so thank you for joining us for this ride. And, mm, and um, sticking with us. And sticking with us mm. as we go through, as we've basically gone through all of these um, all of the parts of this message. Mm.
0: Um, I think it's brought up a lot of good conversation. Um, yes. So I, I definitely do appreciate that. And I hope that you've found it helpful um, listening in on, on our thoughts on this message.
1: Yeah. And like 2020, it wasn't what you expected. Mm. Didn't look good when you received it, but look at us now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, do you want me to read? I'll Sure. So this is the last paragraph. Uh, and so she's written, If you truly love Jesus, you will respect his institutions and same-sex marriage is not one of them. I will pray for you for three days and hope you can see that I am not attacking you personally since I don't even know you. And I took the time to write this because I care about you and truly want you to be in the kingdom. And it pains me to see this and the influence of others who are younger than you. Wishing you lots of, and in brackets, true love and all the best for the future. Hmm. The end. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's our episode. Bye, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: We need say no more. Wow, yes, well, I think it was quite an interesting um conclusion from my perspective to um, to the message. Uh, I, I don't really know where to start to be honest. <laughs> I think, um, well, uh, let's just start at the beginning. So, first of all, she says, "If you truly love Jesus, you will respect his institutions, and same-sex marriage is not one of them." I feel like she's made herself pretty clear in that yeah. perspective throughout yeah. the message, and hopefully, I, I think we have yeah, most addressed that.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: Um, so then, I I must be honest. When I read this next part, I I did actually laugh. She said, "I will pray for you for three days." Now, I, I appreciate that. And we do often get, you know, support, prayer support and, and people saying that they will pray for us. And, and to be honest, we really appreciate that um, because we do both believe in the power of prayer and we are both praying together every day um, continually for, for God to lead us. And so I do appreciate that. I think what really threw me, though, is that she, she put a time frame on it and, and was very specific about praying for us for three days um and uh yes i just i wasn't that to me is just a really unusual statement
1: and what are you praying for yeah like are you praying for um this man that you don't know she says that she doesn't know you Mm. um this man that you don't know that his relationship breaks up and Mm. he moves on with his life Mm. doesn't sound quite christ-like to me
0: um, and I kind of, I've that's I, I must admit I do find that interesting as you go on with the rest of that sentence. She says, first of all, I'm I hope you can see that I'm not attacking you personally. I must admit that is actually hard not to see in this message, but um, but then she says, since I don't even know you, mm, yes, true, and I took the time to write this because I care about you, and truly want you in the kingdom. So I I am I'm getting a lot of conflicting sort of views here. Like I don't even know you and I'm not attacking you, even though you are. And but I took the time to write this mm-hmm. because I care about you, but even though I care about you and I want you in the kingdom, I'm only gonna pray for you for three days. You know, after those three days, probation's over, you're done. Um yeah, I'm I must admit, I'm just I'm a little confused.
1: I think it's It's a weird... (laughs) And I'm saying this as an Adventist. (laughs) So, growing up, we used to be very involved in Pathfinders. Pathfinders, for those who are not Adventists, are sort of like a scout's club, Mm. but for the Adventist church. And so, that that was my background. Can Um, I just
0: say, not every Adventist loves it. I did not love Pathfinders. But you were
1: in it, and I've Um, got pictures. Unfortunately, yes. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, keep going. (laughs) That's why people think we're a cult. But anyway... (laughs) Um, yeah, and then growing up, uh, you know, just as a Christian growing up, uh, I was involved in all of these things. And one of the things that we used to do was to go out on the road and hand out pamphlets or we'd uh, stand on the side of the street and do um, street preaching. Now, I believe that, you know, there were obviously blessings that came out of that, Uh, from people who either took a pamphlet and you get to hear these stories, they either take a pamphlet and they find Jesus or they hear something that connects with them on the side of the street. But do I think it's the most effective way to tell people about God or tell people about the love of Jesus? No. And I think that's what's coming... When I I read this, this is sort of what's coming through very strongly,
0: Hmm. is
1: that by her, I think in her mind, and a, a lot of us Christians... The very fact that we look at someone and we tell them, hey, I don't think, you know, you're living the right way. Love Jesus. This is what you got to do. Okay, thank you. Mm. Bye. Got to go. And I am, you know, I I do this as well. And I think we all do. And it's sort of instinctive. But then if we actually look at Jesus, and I think this Mm. is where the conflict comes in, because... What we do as Christians or as Adventists is very different from what Jesus does. Mm. Jesus first gets to know people, Jesus uh, makes friends with them, he becomes friends with them, he becomes family, he goes and he has dinner with them in their houses, he washes their feet. Mm. He you know? starts
0: out letting them know that he loves them. Exactly. That, that is their first interaction with him, is that he loves them and he cares about them yeah. and he sees them as a person.
1: Yeah, and then once he's built up that relationship, once he's involved in their lives, you then see him you then see him bid them mm. to follow him. Mm. And I think that's where that conflict is because we're reading this and she's claiming to love. She's claiming to do this out mm. of, you know, her wanting us to be in the kingdom. And again, I am not, you know, I, I hope it doesn't come across as I'm like saying that she is completely, <laughs> you know, <laughs> um, crazy or anything like that. Um, because I, I'm the same. Mm. My Christian experience has been the same growing up in that I have done exactly the same thing. Yep. I've told people, you know, Jesus loves you. He doesn't agree with what you're currently doing mm. and read this book. Here's the Bible. Read yep. it. And okay, got to go. I need to tell yep. the next person about this. Yep. And then the next person. And
0: it's like that whole idea of of love the sinner but hate the sin.
1: Exactly. Like I haven't taken the time to understand their story. Mm. I haven't taken the time to learn about why they might be doing something a certain way, yeah. um, and and I think that's why when we look at this, we we sort of see the hypocrisy in it. Mm. Um, and if you if you're a, um, a a gay person or someone who's part of the LGBT community, or maybe you're just you know, not part of the mainstream society, maybe you're a minority. Maybe you're like me, an islander living in the big city yeah um and and it can feel like when people approach you in this way that they are being judgmental, yeah, and that they're trying to tell you that you need to do something different. yeah, but the other way of doing that would just be getting to know us, yeah. getting to know why I eat. Yeah. As much as I eat. <laughs> yeah. Um, why I'm in love with KFC. Oh, you know, why am I in love with this man? Yeah.
0: Um, and I think to a certain extent, I've just got this example coming to mind of, of looking at it from a medical perspective. You might have someone, you know, if you have someone come to you and, and they've got a broken arm, but you don't take the time to investigate. They just say they've got pain and you give them Panadol and, and turn them away. Like it. It's worth actually getting to know someone, getting to know the full story, getting to know all the issues and because then you might actually have the ability to suggest to them what will help. But so often we do just, we jump straight in and we think we know the answer. We think we know the solution without taking the time to get to know people, get to know the full story. And, and that's, I think that is one thing that I just find really interesting with this whole, you know. Goodbye in the in the message <laughs> is basically, hey, I don't hope you, you know, I hope you don't feel attacked. I don't know you, but I do love you and I want to see you in the kingdom. And I just think it's it's such it's such Christian, maybe such Adventist language that that is being used there. But it's I think it, as you said, it, it's such an example of how we seem to treat people these days. Mm. There it's almost like they're a number. Yes. We need to reach out to them. We need to we need to tell them of their sin and we need to convert them and we need to bring them in because we want them in the kingdom and we're told to love everyone. So, I'm going to love them by telling them what they're doing wrong. Yeah, And we don't actually go out of our way to get to know these people and yeah. ask them, hey, what's your story? Hey, you know, why are you making these decisions? What's going yeah. on here? Instead yeah. of condemning them, why aren't we going out and actually eating with them, yeah. spending time with them, getting to know them. And then if we still feel the need to talk to them and encourage them to change their behavior, then certainly I would recommend a lot of prayer before <laughs> you do that because ultimately it's, it's not our job to convict mm. and it's our job to love and, and yeah. trust that the Holy Spirit will convict. Yeah. And I think that for me is also going back to how much we believe in the power of prayer I do believe in the power of prayer and I believe that that's far more powerful than my words. Mm -hmm. And I think I would be better off sitting in my room praying for someone that God would convict them than spending that same amount of time going out there telling them you're going to hell because you're doing the wrong thing. Yeah. I think prayer is going to be far more effective yeah. Um, and, I and I, I've seen that in my own life. I've seen how God can speak to me and how he can, he can convict me and he can transform me in a way that he knows is most effective for my life. Mm. And he's shown me that he loves me Yeah, so I can trust him. Yeah. And I do trust him and I follow his leading. When someone just comes at me and tells me I'm doing the wrong thing, I have no reason to trust them. Mm. I don't know them. They don't know yeah. me. And they've, they've given me no reason to believe that they've got my best interests in mind.
1: Exactly. Exactly. And a lot of times when we pray, the prayer, while we usually <laughs> uh, are praying for a particular thing or mm. we're praying for someone else, I believe in most cases... God actually changes us mm. first. He works on our heart mm. first. Um, and I don't know whether or not we recognize that a lot because mm. I think as, uh, again, uh, I hope this doesn't sound like we're bagging Christians because I am in there with you yep. all. Um, <laughs> we often feel like, you know, and, and I'm, I'm just going to say this, you know, that whole phrase, um, love the sinner, hate the sin we obviously put ourselves in the loving category mm. and the world in the sinful category. Mm. And then we go that, you know, there's so much, uh, there's so much wrong with the world today. Well, if we have been completely honest, there's so much wrong yeah. with us in the church as well.
0: Yeah. Um, we're in the world today. We're, in the we're world a part today. of it. We're we have as much of, of a say as anyone else. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and yeah, it's, It saddens me because when I read Mm. her message, I think of me and the way I deal with people Mm. as well. And when I don't take the time to get to know them first, and somehow there's this agenda behind it. I've got three um, Mormon missionaries who are currently messaging me at the moment. (laughs) And then one of them found out that I live um, in the northern suburbs of uh, Sydney. And he's down, I think, in Parramatta somewhere. And so he goes, oh, sorry, that's a bit out of my area. <laughs> and thanks for chatting. And automatically that was it. That was over. Mm. And I was like, okay, that's interesting. And he had only started, you know, asking about what my passions in life was yeah. and how I found Jesus. And then as soon as he found out that a I lived, yeah, it's yeah. A bit far to travel. Yeah, it's <laughs> a bit far to travel. He's like, no, that I'm not. That half hour drive is just, ooh. Exactly. Yeah. And I feel like, again, that's us that's Mm. a lot of us that's me Mm. um which is again really really sad but it's interesting when we read the bible what does jesus do um he's teaching in this house and the house is full the house is just so full of people but there's this man who's really sick and so what his friends do is there's no way that they can get into the house because there's just people everywhere um so what they do is I don't know which one of them has this crazy idea, but they climb onto the roof of the house and they break open the roof and then they lower their friend through the roof down into the house in front of Jesus. Like, Mm. wow. Like, I hope we all have friends who'd be able to do that for us, you know, break down the roof of a house (laughs) to get me somewhere. Um, I've been blessed with those friends. (laughs) But yeah, so they, they do that and they lower him in front of jesus and jesus goes your sins are forgiven Mm. the man never confesses about his sins he never says that he repents Mm. and i think you'll be able to see this as well in the story of um the woman who was going to be stoned Mm. because of adultery there's no mention of her
0: um Repenting, Mm, showing remorse, showing remorse or anything. Jesus
1: goes, He without sin shall cast the first stone. Mm. And then he turns to her and then says, You know, go and sin no more. Mm. These are people that Jesus was living in. This Mm. is his society. He Mm. was hanging around with the outcasts. Um, and the outsiders, not because he was just ministering to them, but because he was an outcast mm. and he was an outsider. So he knew their lives and yeah. he knew what they were going through. He
0: could sympathize with them. Exactly. He understood what they were wanting, what they were needing, what they were looking for.
1: Exactly. And he did not need them. And this is mm. going to sound really crazy, but he did not need them to repent in order for him to accept them. Mm. He did not need them to confess their sins in in order for him to welcome mm. them into his presence.
0: Yeah. And I mean, he's, he says, come to me, all ye who are burdened and heavy laden. He's not expecting us to be free of all these things when we come to him. Yeah. He wants us to come to him with those burdens, with yeah. with those struggles, with that pain.
1: Mm. And I know a lot of people, I we get messages from people all over the world who listen to our podcasts but are still struggling with Mm. the idea of being gay and Christian, Mm. the idea of being accepted by God, Mm. which is so sad, which is so sad because that's so different to the God that I know. Mm. But we get messages from all of these people who say, you know, I love your podcast, but you know, it's, it's still a struggle to mm. know that God actually loves me and mm. accepts me. And I think that's a very good example that you just gave, Daniel, was that, you know, he says, come all who are heavy laden. He doesn't mm. need you to remove yeah. your burdens before you get to him. He wants what you've got. He yeah. wants what, you, what you're carrying. And sometimes we get so caught up and we get so stuck on whether or not my sexuality is okay with God Mm. on whether or not the way I'm living my life is okay with God or whether or not I'm being the perfect Christian, you know, or whether or not I am, you know, living Mm. life a certain way, whether my relationship with someone else is okay. And whether or not all of these things are keeping me away from God. Mm. No, (laughs) none of that can keep you away from God. And, you know, on top of that, Jesus is saying, come, come and get to know me. Come, let us have this relationship. All of Mm. those questions you have about all of those different parts of your lives, they will be answered. Yeah. And he will definitely answer them. But right now, Jesus is like, I want to do things one thing at a time. And Let I me think, get to know you.
0: I think that's what so many Christians seem to they they, they seem to lose sight of in all of this because it is uh, so common for people to you know be going out there going, you know, love the sinner, hate the sin and and pointing out, you know, look at this Bible verse, that says this is wrong, and this Bible verse says that's wrong, and this Bible verse says this is wrong. And what they're missing is that in doing that they're not convicting people. They're not encouraging people to get to know God. They're not encouraging people to change their ways. What they're doing is they're reminding people of their failure. They're reminding people that they're not good enough. And they're making people continue to have these insecurities, thinking that they can't come to God because God won't accept them. I think what would be so much more effective is if we as Christians, whether we agreed with someone or not, encourage them to come to Jesus, to get to know Jesus, regardless of what their burdens may be, regardless of what their struggles may be, because as we've just talked about, Jesus is saying, come to me and I will give you relief. I will give you rest. I will help you with these burdens, but come to me. That's the main point. And I that to me is, is what saddens me about the end of this message, is, is I believe she genuinely thinks that she has done a service, that she has done something good and, and has shared the truth with me in a way that will convict me and change my heart. But all it could possibly have done is convince me that I'm a failure and convince me that I'm not good enough. I have studied, and, and more often than not, you will find that, that gay Christians have studied into the theology of sexuality far more than than most other Christians, because to them, it is a key struggle. It's something that they need to find the answer for. And so, I think, I, really, the, the main thing I want to get across here, and the main thing that hi- was highlighted for me here is... If you want to encourage someone, if you want to help someone get out of a behavior that you believe is bad for them and that you believe God does not like, then don't write out these messages and don't tell them all of these verses that tell them why it's wrong. Just encourage them to get Mm -hmm. to know Jesus. Just encourage them to read his word, to study and come to Jesus, even though they may be burdened. And trust that he will lift their burdens, that he will convict them, that he will help them get through that.
1: Mm. And uh, I just want to finish off with this. And, yes, we, we definitely agree that, you know, Jesus is saying, come. Um, and whether or not you are struggling with your sexuality or whether you're struggling with some lifestyle choices that you might be making, you know, whatever it might be. Um, You're struggling with maybe drug use or again, whatever else it might be. Jesus does not require you to leave that in order to meet him. Jesus does not require you to leave that in order to get to know him. If anything, he wants to know you (laughs) regardless of what labels people put on you. He wants to know you, regardless of even where you think you are in terms of your spiritual life. Mm. Um, I love how you know the book of the Bible, the books of the Bible, sixty-six in total. But it's interesting how the Bible ends, and this is in Revelation chapter twenty-two, verse seventeen, and this is when the New Jerusalem, basically the climax of everything, heaven, is here on earth. And, you know, heaven has come down. The new Jerusalem has come down here on earth. And God extends this invitation. And this is what we read at the very end of the Bible. And it says, The spirit and the bride say, come. Let anyone who hears this say, come. Let anyone who is thirsty, come. Let anyone who desires to drink freely from the water of the life Come. And I solemnly declare to everyone who hears the words of prophecy that's written in this book, if anyone adds anything to what is written here, God will add to that person the plagues described in this book. What I love about this is that that's literally what God is just saying. Just come. Whatever burdens or perceived burdens you have, bring them. Just come. If you're thirsty, come. Come and have a drink of the waters of life that God has to offer. But it's also got a warning for us Christians because we are the ones who start putting obstacles in front of people coming to God. We are the ones who start pointing out those burdens that people carry. We are the ones who start interpreting things differently from the way Jesus wanted us to see things. And he is telling us that if we start to put obstacles in front of people, if we start telling people you cannot come because you are still doing this or you are this or you are that, you cannot take part in active ministry because you're a woman, (laughs) Mm. you cannot take part in church because you're homosexual, you cannot come and be part of our church community because you drink alcohol. Jesus is saying, come. But if you're one of those people who are adding things onto what he's saying, then things don't turn out very well mm. <laughs> for you. Um, and I think that's only just and that's only fair. And so, yeah, whatever, if wherever you're listening from and whatever you're going through, if you feel like it's keeping you Away from God Come Get to know This Jesus Get to know My Jesus Mm. Don't worry about What's holding you down Just get to know him first And let him Take care of the rest
0: Thanks for joining us We hope you enjoyed this episode Of Enough Room
1: We'll be dropping another episode In about a week's time So until then Follow us on Instagram And like us on Facebook Till next time Bye